All right, John chapter 20, verse number 24. Maddie's going to pray, and then we're going to dive into the lesson. So, on you, on you, Maddie. Amen, amen. Alright, so a couple of when we went over the trivia questions, there were some key things about Peter. Do y'all remember some things about Peter going back? Peter walked on water. Alright, so we walked on water. So Peter's had some very climatical points in his life, right? On that. So that was a really high point. Can we think about a low point in Peter's life? He denied Jesus three times. Jesus three times. Now, Ben, what was so significant about one of those times when he was denying him? By fire, right? Okay, I want y'all to remember that with, with Peter. Sorry, Ben, that fire thing. I just think that's so funny. I think that is. So so yeah, so we don't, I want y'all to remember that going into it. Now we're going to start off here reading about Thomas. Now Thomas is going to have a little bit of a problem. Verse number 24, we'll start with Joshua. Now Thomas called one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Alright, so what, what was the problem with Thomas? He was what? Not the disciples when Jesus came. He wasn't there. Okay, key. Uh, Nate, read verse number 25. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. So there was something interesting that we see from Thomas. What is Thomas basically saying? I got to see it to believe it. I got to see it to believe it. I need more proof. There's a lot of different things that's being said. But I think it's interesting. Notice how specific he is on what he needs to, to be seen. Do y'all not notice that? It's very strange. Why is he even mentioning all those types of things? Yeah, it's almost like he knows what he's looking for, right? And so in reality, what is he honestly putting Jesus in at this point? I'm only going to believe in you if you do these certain things. What's he doing with God? He's He's putting God in a box. And like I said with you guys, be cautious whenever you give plans for your life because in reality what you're doing is you're putting God in a box. You're limiting him. Does that make sense? Instead of saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? You're saying, God, these are my plans. Try and bless this. Thomas is very specific here. It's very strange. And so I want you to keep going. Verse number 26. Um, Kelsey. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Verse number 27. Uh, Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it on my side. Stop doubting and believe. Whoa. Now, what does Jesus do with Thomas? He shows him. He shows him. Now, was Jesus around when Thomas originally said this? No. No, okay. And at this point, we think this is pretty cool, right? Like, wow, Thomas put God in a box and, and God, God fulfilled that, right? We're almost thinking like this is a good thing going on. I want you all to be careful. We're going to keep going. Verse number 28, uh, fire bin. Whoa. What does Thomas do at this point? He's, he's like confessing. Hey, conditionally, God, when you do the conditional things, I'm going to serve you. Right? If you follow the things that I put you in, then I, and I can serve you now. There's going to be a rebuke here, verse number 29. Um, Connor, you want to read it? I mean, this is pretty harsh, right? I mean, this is right after he touched the nail-pierced hands, the sides of Jesus, right? And he's thinking, wow, God has fulfilled exactly what I asked for. Now, here's the rebuke from Jesus, Connor. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Whoa, what does he basically say to Thomas? You're not blessed. You're not blessed. You missed out on so much. 
Now listen, I still met you where you're at. Right? But you missed out. And like that's what I'm talking about when we talk about relationships and talking about things being time sensitive. There is a time where you can get back right with God. But when you limit God, you miss out on His perfect plan for you. Does that make sense? I'm not saying it's too late to ask for forgiveness and it's not too late to get back on God's will's plan. But if you miss out on it, you've missed the blessing. That's why it's so important at a young age to say, God, I want your perfect will for my life, not my own. Because I don't want to be like Thomas and one day be told, listen, yes, we have a relationship now. But man, you missed out on so many blessings, Joshua. Right? And Thomas' viewpoint at this point, he's like, man, God has finally hit it. And then all of a sudden, Jesus hits him with, man, you missed out on so much. All these other disciples, they didn't need that. And they believed. Very important. Verse number 30. Um, ben, oh, ben already read, so I'll let Allie read. I got a special verse for you, Ben. All right, Allie. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. All right, so, so why is that mentioned there? I like it because it shows the, the points that he thought was important to put in this book, that God inspired him to put in this book, was for a purpose and a reason. Y'all following with me? There was other miracles that must have taken place. There were other things that made that he could have written about, but he was very specific in what he put in the book of John. Verse number 31. Um, Caden? Um, but these were written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. We have gone almost through the completely full book of John. Verse number 31. Why was it written? For what? God's glory. And what is God's glory? How do we, how do we get that? What, what is he basically saying there? What is the purpose of it? To believe in him. Meaning this is sufficient. You don't need to act like... Oh, don't you love how that's written right after Thomas says, Hey, i got to see something, Lord. He's had the whole book to mention this, and he waits till after the example of Thomas to say, Listen, this is sufficient for you. God doesn't need to do a miraculous sign in your life for you to be changed. This is sufficient. Don't be like Thomas and miss out. Don't be like Thomas and ask God, please just send me this bright light. Or all of a sudden, send me this pinnacle point in my life where all of a sudden I can turn to you. But until then, I'm going to live my own way. Don't be a Thomas. This book is sufficient. Why else do we just read straight from Scripture? Because this is sufficient for you to change your life. This is truth enough. You don't need something additive to it. Right? God did it all. God paid for it all. He's enough. First, chapter 21. Love it. This is absolutely amazing. Chapter 21 is very good. Verse number 1. Um, Nolan, you want to start us off? Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Okay, so uh, we're going to be verse number 2 before we break it down. Melody? Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana, called All right, so it's a group of the disciples, right? Now, what are they going to be doing? Verse number three, um, Camden. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing, they said to him. We will go with you. They oh, oh pause there, Camden. Whoa, did y'all see what just happened there? Peter had influence. Peter was someone that even the disciples looked up to. Peter says, guess what, guys? Hey, Jesus is risen. We need to go back to our old trade. I'm going back to fishing. You coming with? This is very important because I think a lot of you guys don't realize the influence you have. And when you decide that you're not going to live radically for Christ, other people are going to follow in it. But when you say, Lord, you can have my full life, other people see that. 
immediately. Peter says, listen, I'm going back to fish. Guess what all these other disciples start doing? Hey, we're going with you. Those of you who have influence, be cautious. Because you're always leading someone. Are you leading them towards Christ or leading them astray? Keep reading with the verse, Cameron. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Oh, man. How does it like to be a fisherman and catch nothing, right? It's very important. It's very important why they caught nothing. Does anyone, can anyone tell me why they caught nothing? <laughs> Weren't in the right spot. Thank you, Dawson. Anything else? Any other reason? Y'all got any, anything? What you got, Rhett? They weren't blessed. They weren't blessed. Why weren't they blessed, Rhett? They weren't doing God's will. They weren't doing God's will. Hey, once you get a taste and you have a true relationship with Christ, you can't do the things of the world anymore. You will no longer find satisfaction with the things in the world. You might can do it temporarily, but God will not allow you if you're a true child of Him, if you're a true Lamb of God, and He's the Good Shepherd, He will not allow you to be satisfied with the things of the world anymore. And Peter's about to find that out the hard way. I thought we were good at fishing, guys. That's rough, all right? All night and not catch a fish, and you are a fisherman, you do that for your trade as a living? Golly, that's tough. Verse number four. Um, Jolie. Sorry, I got you next. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. I, I like this because Jesus stood on the shore. Does it, I, I, maybe, maybe I'm looking too much into this. I possibly could be. But it's almost like Jesus is seeing them do what? Not catching anything. Struggling. Failing. And where's Jesus at? On the shore. Next verse. Um, Verse. uh, Ethan, just read the next one for you. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. Okay. I love humor, right? I guess maybe I'm just a funny guy. You not got anything? Jesus knows the answer. Okay. Hey, fishermen, you do this for a living. You caught anything? What do they say? No. Keep going. Keep going. The verse. Is that all yours says? No. All right. Um. Next verse. Then. Is that really all y'all's verse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mama says so much more. Billy. Next verse. He said, "Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some." When they did, they were unable to haul the net, and because of the large number of fish. Alright, so what is Jesus basically trying to explain to him here? Hey, if you follow me, whatever you do will be successful in God's eyes. If you obey me and you follow my perfect plan for your life, you won't even be able to comprehend and handle the many blessings that are going to be coming. And even after a short time, you went back to your old ways. This is a great example. It's almost like a bo- I almost feel like this is a bonus chapter, right? It's like a bonus chapter for us. Uh, verse number 7. And I mean, if you're the disciples, what are you thinking at this point? Do you all realize what happened whenever they first called them as fishermen, right? And they've always had all these troubles on the water. So whenever this happens, what do you think the disciples are thinking? They've, they've caught nothing all day. They throw it on the other side, they catch fish. What do you think they're thinking? We're doing something wrong. Or who is this guy? It's got to be Jesus, right? I mean, no other way. Uh, next verse. Ben, i got a special verse for you. I just want to hold off. Nate? <coughs> Then the, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, and, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. Alright, so what does Peter do when he finds out this is the Lord? He jumps in the water. 
Peter just loves to get in the water. Is this just not like a thing? <laughs> and he hears the Lord's voice. He just jumps in the water. And on top of that, you know what's very interesting? And I think it goes against y'all's principles. You guys tell me that whenever we have our rules when it comes to swimming and, and pools, and y'all say, like, shirts make y'all, like, make y'all sink. Well, Peter, he puts his garment on. Maybe it helped him swim. You know what I'm saying? It was like a, you, know, you know how y'all say y'all sink with sleeves? Well, Peter, he must have, you know, I don't know, hydroplaned or something. I don't know. All right, next verse. Verse number eight, um, Kelsey. The other disciples following, followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. Hey, I want y'all to realize this. When Peter realized it's Jesus, he does what? He left it behind. Who needs a boat? Who needs the fish? That's Jesus. Right? Peter does some goofy things, but that was actually pretty smart. And I just want y'all to understand, have we read anything about any reconciliation after, after Peter has been denied Jesus earlier? Have y'all noticed that? When Jesus has appeared back to Peter in any of these types of circumstances, have we addressed Peter denying him yet? No. We haven't. Next verse. Verse number 9. Because Peter jumps out into the water. Now this is very, oh, actually, this is the special verse. I'm sorry. Hey, do not miss it. This is why this is why it's my favorite chapter. I'm not going to lie. This is why my favorite, one of my favorite chapters. Ben, I want you to read this verse. When they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid on it and bread. Fire bin. Fire bin. This is a a bin made fire, okay? Do y'all realize something here? The last time Peter stood by a fire, it was the Lord who was getting slapped across the face by the guards. And he says, I don't know who he is. And we've had zero reconciliation of this. We've had no mention of it after Jesus has been risen from the dead. And then all of a sudden, Peter goes back to his old trade. Peter was not right with God. Y'all do realize that. Peter was not right with God. He reverts back to his old ways. And he's even leading others astray. They're missing out on God's will. All of a sudden, God calls out to him. He runs back and he gets to the shore. And Peter's almost excited, right? Wow, I'm really hearing the voice of God again. He gets up to the shore. And you can almost see a tremble in his legs, right? Fire. The last time I was by fire, I said I didn't know you. And you come to me with fire and food? Jesus is saying, I remember what you did, Peter. And while you were warming yourself, I was paying for your sins. But guess what, Peter? This time when you see the fire, I got a meal for you. You want to have fellowship again? We got to address something. Is this not amazing? Do y'all see this pinnacle that's just taking place? Can you imagine the weight? Oh, he knew. Guys, it's okay. It's okay when you sin. And I want y'all to be cautious, but I really want you to pay attention. It's okay when you make a mistake, but you have to repent of it as soon as possible, as soon as God brings it back to you. But to keep doing it over and over and over again is a problem, right? Because you are going to fail. You are not perfect. But guess what? You have to address your sin. You have to address when you failed God to get back right with Him. God is saying, Peter, i got mighty things for you. We need to address something. Very important, guys. Sometimes you might be wondering, man, I don't understand why, why, why my, my, my Christian walk is struggling right now. 
But I know I have a relationship with God. I know it was there. It was present at some point. But right now I'm really struggling. I can tell you exactly the problem. You have sin that has broken the fellowship. And you have seen mighty works of God. But at some point, sin has entered in and you said, I know not you anymore, God. And you're going back to your old ways. And Jesus is just waiting on the shore. He's waiting there and he sees you struggling over and over. And he says, listen, I got a meal here for you. I got fire here for you. I know what you did. Let's address it. But we stay out all night in the boat. Y'all following with me? What a redemption story here. What a reconciliation. Because we're talking about a born-again believer here. We're not talking about a lost person. It's sin that hinders your relationship with the Lord. Next verse. Um, Good job, Ben, with the fire verse. Really, really good. Verse number 10. Um, I like like this too. Uh, Kate, you want to read it for us? Okay, so he says, bring some fish that you caught. Um, which, what's interesting about that statement? I didn't catch any. Until what? Until Jesus, Jesus said, why don't you catch the fish? So it's almost like, you almost humor again. Hey, why don't you bring some of that fish you caught? Next verse, verse number 11. Um, Ava? And I love this. Verse number 12. Kyle, you want to Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was Lord. What does Jesus say despite the fact that we've chosen sin? Hey, come to me. You do realize Him on the cross wasn't us saying, thank goodness we have a Savior. It was us continuing in our ways without even knowing how much Jesus loved us and cared for us. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So Jesus is waiting for them to do what at this point? Come and dine. Have fellowship with me. Verse number 13. Nick, you want to read for us? Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. Fourteen, also. This was now on the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised for them. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? The third time he sees the disciples, he needs to address something with his leader, right? He needs to address something with Peter. Is it not interesting that they wait for the third time? Hey, it breaks Jesus' heart when you choose to sin. Does that make sense? It breaks His heart because He wants that fellowship. He wants you to come and dine with Him. He wants you to be involved in the perfect will for your life. This is too important, Peter. Verse number... I like this. Verse number 15. Um, hmm, Ethan, read this before. Right. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah... Uh, lovest thou me more than these? He said to him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said uh, to him, Feed my lambs. What does Jesus say? Right, you have all the disciples, or let's say, I think maybe five or six of them. Check again. But what does he, who does he address? Peter. 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 Why did all these people go back fishing? Because they followed Peter. They followed Peter. This is a Peter thing going on right now. 
And what does he ask Peter? A strange question. He's been with them for, for, for his whole ministry here on earth. And what does he ask Peter? Do you love me more than what? The fish. What's he saying? Like, why did you go back to your old ways? Hey, you're right on it, Nate. Peter, do you love me? Or do you love your old self? And what does Peter say? I love you. Of course I love you. And then what does Jesus say? Feed my loyals. And what's he saying? Take care of my disciples. Take care of my disciples, Peter. Have you lost it? You can't have the world and you can't have me because guess what? You're going to starve my sheep. And I'm going to find someone else. And you're going to miss out on it just like Thomas did. You got something big, Peter. I need to know something. Are you, do you love me or do you love your old self? And if you do love me, you're going to feed my sheep. Next verse, 16. Um, Billy. Oh, take it, Slayer. Take it. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. What does Jesus do again? He asks the same thing. And what does Peter say? Yeah, of course. And then what does Jesus say? Take care of my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Be my sheep. Verse number 17. Uh, Nikki. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, be my sheep. Hey, I don't know if you guys, I get goosebumps every time I read this. Dude, straight up. The third time, Peter does what? He gets upset. Do not miss this. Do not miss this. Jesus addresses each time that Peter denied him. And the third time, what does, he say? What does Peter say? I was hurt. Jesus says, I was hurt, Peter. I was hurt. When you denied me, it broke me. Our fellowship was hurt. And you get upset with me when I ask you if you love me three times. Jesus met Peter exactly where he was at. And he, he, it wasn't like a secret. It wasn't like Peter said, Lord, what's in my life that, that has caused this relationship hinder? Lord, what is the problem? At this point, what does Peter know? Exactly what took place. Exactly that hurt the Lord. And it needed to be addressed. Because three times, what did Jesus say he needed to do in response? Why did he need to love Jesus? For what purpose? For what reason? To take care of his sheep. To make more disciples. As a born-again believer, what's our, why are we still here? Make disciples, right? This is very, very key. Feed my sheep. And the only way you can do that is by doing what? Loving Jesus. Hey, you can't live in the world and feed God's sheep. Stop living immorally. Stop indulging in sin. When God addresses it, you need to repent of it. Because guess what? You're starving His sheep if you're a true born-again believer. And you know what? He's going to find someone else. He's going to move on. You're going to miss the blessing. So if you're a born-again believer, you are pinned with this choice every day. Are you going to love me or are you going to revert back to your old ways, Peter? Because we're not talking about a lost person here. We're talking about a born-again believer. And just because you said a prayer when you were 12 years old doesn't mean you're missing out on the blessing God has for you when you're 18 and you're indulging in the world. 
Because God could use you, but you keep going back to your old ways. And He's saying, you want to feed my sheep? you got to love me. You can't do that in the world. Very important. I like this verse number 18. It's a strong statement after... Uh, let's get a new read. Gabe. You want to read Gabe, verse number 18. I like this. After Peter gets upset about being asked if you, if, if you love me, what does verse number 18 say? Very truly I tell you. Wow, very truly I tell you. What does that mean to us? Uh, it's very important. Uh, about to spit straight facts. Pay attention, Peter. And what does he say? When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Do y'all know what that was just now saying? Do no cap. It's kind of like very far. Is that like kind of when like Jonah didn't want to go to that place? But God said, that's where I want you to go. All right, so we can have, we can have some of those points. Yeah, that's actually, that's, that's kind of like on the same lines. Gabe's going to read it one more time. I want you to pick up on this. It's, is, it not, is that not like the strangest statement after this? What is he saying, Gabe? Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. All right, so when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you walked where you wanted. Now, so what, what, is he, what is he implying? Can y'all, can y'all please put some pieces together here? We've been talking about old lifestyles, new lifestyles. Love is me or love your old, old ways. And your old when you're ways, young, you he was in his own way. Hey, Peter, don't forget. Before me, what were you doing? Dressing yourself. Going where you wanted to go. Living the ways of the world. Now read the second part. Now that y'all know that, please read the second part. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Peter, your fleshly self, your old ways, does not want the perfect will for your life. And guess what? I have a life all the way to your death that could glorify God Almighty. Is this not amazing? Do y'all see it? Straight up. And what is he basically telling him? Peter, if you're going to live for me, You can't live like your old self. You can't do the things of the flesh. I've got a plan all the way to your death. And do you know what's amazing about that last statement? What does it say at that last thing about... Read it one more time, Gabe. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. Do y'all know how Peter died? Do y'all know how Peter died? Does anyone know? He died on a cross. Say it again, really well. He didn't want to die the same way that he betrayed his Lord. That's exactly right. Do y'all know that Peter's death was him being crucified upside down? Here, Jesus is actually telling him, you're going to die all the way to your death. You're going to give me glory. And I know this is why Peter understands what he just now says, because let's read the next verse, verse number 19. It's right, right, right there. Alicia, want to read for us? Jesus said this to indicate, to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Whoa, the kind of death, what the world would say, avoid, try to run from it. You should be scared of death. But what does God say? Hey, in my perfect plan for your life, you won't even fear death because I'm telling you, the death, the plans I have for you will glorify God Almighty. No one will lie at your funeral, Peter. 
No one will have to say fake things about your life because you live the perfect life in my will. Every other funeral you go to, they have to say something fabricated. They weren't really saved. They weren't really a good person. But everybody at a funeral was good at some point in their life. Peter, guess what? Even unto your death, you won't have to fear it. No one's going to have to sell you a lie. It's going to glorify God all the way to the very end. And you have an option. Lovest thou me or these fish? Right? Keep reading it. And what does it say? The death will do what? Glorify God. Whole purpose. Keep reading at least. Then he said to him, follow me. Wow. How would you like to be told, listen, even unto your death, you're going to give me glory. You're going to be crucified. And what, is, what does Jesus ask him? Is that what you want? See, I think sometimes we've missed it. Sometimes when we prevent, pre- present salvation, it's like a pass out of hell. And we completely neglect the fact that God has a perfect life for you here on earth. And He has a life that you can glorify all the way unto your death where you have no fear whatsoever. Because how would you like for someone to say, guess what, all the way to your death, you're going to glorify me. Do you want to follow me? I bet you if we presented the salvation like that, nobody really wants to get saved from ages 5 to 12 when they hear that. Right? Would you like to be told that in your salvation story? Have you been told that in your salvation story? Hey, guess what? Serving me means all the way to your death, you're going to glorify me. No exceptions. It's usually not how it's presented, is it? How's it presented? You're not going to go to hell. And then all of a sudden we have people living in the world and they can't feed a sheep. Why is that? Because they don't love God. You following with me? I mean, it's like it's like it's almost like the equation. Like it all just makes sense, right? It's like like Einstein. Like you write it all out. You can almost pinpoint everything. Straight up. It's like sin, right? Sin, 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 over and over again. It reverts back to it. So next thing there, follow us thou me, and then verse number twenty. I think this is very interesting. Um, ben, fireman. Verse number 21 also. When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Well, what does Peter say? It's very interesting. Wait, what about, what about John? This is very key, and you, you want to be very thankful this is here. He, Peter, Jesus gives him something specific, right? For his life. And what does Peter do? Try to see if someone else is going to have the same thing. Yeah, well, what about... Okay, what about Nolan? Next, verse number 20, 22. I like this. I do not miss this. This is so good. Uh, Maddie, you want to read for us? Are you there? Sorry, it's just been the Pennington show tonight. <laughs> Jesus answered, If I wanted him to remain alive until I return, what is it? What is that you? What is that to you? You follow me. Whoa. Your perfect plan, God's perfect will for your life, He loves you so much, it is unique to you and you alone. If that does not show the love and compassion that the Savior has for you, I don't know what else I can really tell you. He says, Peter, you respond individually on your level, 
and you keep doing that, what does it matter how I use someone else for God's kingdom? And you may think this is just so exaggerated. We think this is some story on the shore. But hey, you're at a church and all of a sudden someone might say something that makes you upset. Or someone does something that makes you upset. And all of a sudden you're so worried about where their walk with the Lord is that you stop responding to the Lord. Or sometimes you get frustrated. You're like, man, I just feel like Melody's Christian walk is just so much better than mine. And Jesus is saying, hey, no, no, focus on me right now. Focus on me. They got something different. Y'all following with me? This isn't something that's just like thrown out the water. It's not something that's rare. This is like so common for Christians. We get so caught up in where everyone else is with their walk with the Lord that we stop responding. I can't stand when I hear people talk about judgment or hypocrites. Golly, we all are. But it's until you respond individually does that go away. It doesn't help when you keep just saying it about other people. At some point, you have to respond individually. And goodness gracious, you have the Holy Spirit. Do you not trust that He's going to work on them? Your job is to feed the sheep over and over and over again. No matter how many times they deny you, you feed the sheep. Is that not amazing? If you're struggling with your walk with the Lord, very simply, respond to Him individually, feed His sheep. Love them unconditionally. And guess what? John, he'll get there. It's not your job, Peter. It's not your job to go tell John, you need to go get crucified like I am. It's not your job for me to tell you, Billy. Billy, come teach. You need to teach right now. No, Billy needs to respond individually. Y'all following with me? Very, very key. You need to be responding individually. We're going on that college ski trip. I, I'm really cautious because I want all those individuals to make sure that they're responding on an individual basis first and foremost. Or else they'll miss out on it. Same thing with when we go to church camps. You have to respond individually or you're going to miss it. Don't forget that. I think verse number 22 it says, follow down me. Verse number 23. We're almost done, guys. We're almost finished the book of John. Uh, the Pennington Show. Let's go back with Melody. Good stuff. Is this making sense to y'all? Foreign language or is this straight up? No, it's straight up. All right, here we go. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that the disciple was not to die. So even, just I said, oh my goodness, like the frustration of Jesus. What do they start saying after they said about the thing about John? What do the disciples start saying? Oh, he's not supposed to die. Well, John's not going to die. He's immortal. <laughs> and what is Jesus basically saying? He's saying, no, what I'm telling to you, what does it matter how I'm going to use Nate? James, you make sure you're responding individually. When they're sitting in your life, respond. Don't worry about where Nate's at right now. Where you're at is too important. You have too much to worry about with your own walk with the Lord to be worrying about other people's walk with the Lord. Y'all following with me? Yes. Verse number 24. We only have two final verses. Back to Ben. We're going to let Pennington finish this out. This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who is written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Alright, verse number 25. In closing. In closing. Who wants to close out the book of John? We'll let, we'll let Caden close out the book of John. Kale? Where's Kale? Kale. Yeah, Kale. <laughs> Kale, can you can y'all have y'all have, y'all the same? Read. Can you read the first couple words for us? Sure. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them. Okay. 
So we <laughs> just 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 to just to just to give chaos some some love here. What does it say? Jesus did what? He did many other things. All right. Now what else, Caden? Uh, I suppose that even the world itself cannot contain the books that should be written. Amen. Hey, what's that tell you in closing? There's not enough books to be written about it. And that which is in front of you is what? True and sufficient. True and sufficient. Does that make sense? These were chosen for a reason and a purpose. Y'all following with me? Alright, good deal. So we had... Maddie, you prayed to start us out. Maddie, you can choose somebody to pray us out. Man, y'all's attention was solid tonight.